Yeah, we lose again. Let's talk about it. Episode 444. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. BD4, welcome to the podcast. Another Knicks loss. Let's get into it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, Turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Creates and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 I have the urge for some Chinese food right now. I don't know why. What's up? Episode 444. I'm your host, RJ. And we're going to talk some Knicks. Let's not waste time. You know where to find me. You know all that shit. The Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. They lost last night. What was that? At MSG against the Bucks. Um, 109-103. At the Garden, yeah. I mean, they came into it. Expect I expected this loss, but I wanted to win. I mean, I was, because, you know, you were looking for an actual win here. The night before, you, you pick up a preseason victory against Detroit in the first game of the set. It was a back-to-back set. Um, and, you know, it was a tough battle. The Knicks rose to the challenge, and they competed with the, the defending... No, they weren't the defending champs. That would be the Warriors. Um, but, they, you know, the Bucks are, are a contender who've won recently. Um, and it came down to the wire, man. Uh, but once again, and, and just a heads up, this might be a quick episode. Um, but once again, they, the Knicks just couldn't finish it off. Um, and there were, of course, a number of mistakes made in crunch time. A problem that we never seem to be able to fix. The offense for both teams in this one was not great at all. They were... There was just a lot of open misses um, early on. And the second half, it was mainly good defense. For the Bucks, they had Giannis finish with 37-13-7. Portis picked up a double-double as well. 22 for Holiday. A uh, couple other guys, double figures. Connington. For the Knicks, RJ finishes with 26 points. Uh, Mitch drops 15-20. and 20. It was close, but, you know, the Knicks were just always one step away from either tying or taking the lead down the stretch. When, you know, down the stretch, it was very difficult for them to both get a stop and score. But when they finally did do that, when they finally did get two stops in a row or something like that, we were treated with an entire sequence of fuck-ups. Of course. Um, so I want to discuss those fuck-ups. All right. Um, 
let's let's get into it. I would say let's head to break first, but again, I just want to get through this episode and throw it out the window. Um, I'm in. I got good vibes going for me lately. I'm in a good mood. It's the holiday season. Um, I'm almost done with the semester at school. My PlayStation Five will arrive tomorrow, so I'm thrilled for that. So I don't want to spend my time right now talking about the Knicks for the normal forty minutes. Let's try to cut this to twenty minutes, like we did in the Pistons game. In uh, most of the episodes, don't worry. Going forward, we'll do the full episodes and stuff. And but. You know, every once in a while, I just need that extra 20 minutes to not talk Knicks. Um, yeah, a, a few things factor into this loss down the stretch here. Uh, in my opinion, it's it's simple. It was free throw shooting, defense, and shot selection. Um, the free throw shooting. Man, uh, did the Knicks have their opportunities or what? Overall, they shot 13 of 20 at the foul line. That's 65%. Bad. In the fourth quarter, the Knicks shot 5 for 10. 50% at the foul line in the fourth quarter. Abysmal. Um, First of all, this was with Giannis fouling out of the game in the final minutes. So, you you had your chance. You had, you, you had three, in my opinion, you had three very frustrating moments where the Knicks were given a an opportunity for platinum, but they earned only bronze. I think that's the best way I can put it. First off, you had R.J. Barrett getting fouled on the arc with about 3.30 remaining or so. He only knocks down two of the three free throws. So Milwaukee's up two points still. Then you had Mitchell Robinson getting fouled with one minute left, and he has a shot to tie the game. He only knocks down one of his. Milwaukee's still ahead by a point. But you had the moment right after that where Mitchell Robinson rebounds his own miss, and the ball goes back out to Brunson, who then gets fouled. Brunson, who's been automatic all year from the free throw line, he misses one of two as well. So all of that, and the game is only tied after. Free throw shooting, abysmal. Um, Secondly, defense. In the very next possession, after the Brunson miss, the Bucks go down court, and Grayson Allen, who is a 45% three-point shooter this season and has been 40% in his career, he comes off a screen from Lopez and RJ, guarding Grayson Allen, goes under. Like, Alfred, it gave me Alfred freaking Peyton flashbacks. It did. I had PTSD seeing RJ go under that screen. I just thought of Alfred Peyton because he used to get cooked doing that. So RJ goes under. Allen... Knocks down the three, of course, with the open space. I mean, he contested it decently at the end, but you can't go under there. You had Mitch. You could have went over the screen. Mitch drops back a bit to give you the space. But he goes under. Allen knocks it down, and all of a sudden, it's 106-103. The Bucks have the lead with about 30 seconds left. And this is where the third part of, the, of, of this comes in. Shot selection. 
Um, and, and on the very next possession, after that, you had the shot heard round Manhattan. The Knicks are down three points, um, but they still have two timeouts left. There are still about 25 seconds remaining in the game. And maybe 16 or 17 seconds were remaining on the shot clock. And you, it was funny because you even had Breen go, the Knicks don't necessarily need to go for three here. But what happens not a half second after that comment? R.J. Barrett decides to chuck an elbow three-pointer and, of course, misses it. Bad shot. There's no other way to put it. Bad shot. Um, had he made the shot, we'd probably all be calling him a hero. I get that part. But it still doesn't change the fact that miss or make it wasn't a smart shot. I mean, you go back and watch the film... You had Julius right in front of him in the post with the mismatch and holiday on him. Um, if you're RJ, you could have drove to the hoop, used Julius as a screener, told him to come up. You could have given it back to Brunson, who has been your guy, so he could take the shot, or maybe he could drive and kick and kick out to Grimes or something. Or, again, you could have used a timeout there because you had two remaining and you had plenty of time on the clock. Use a timeout, draw up an ATO set, and put your best three-point shooters out on the floor. But we shoot a three there. And it's RJ. How many times do I need to say it before the basketball gods start respecting my prayers here? I do not want RJ Barrett taking three-pointers. Period. We literally just talked about it after the Grizzlies loss. In that episode... I talked about it. I said, I don't want this guy taking more than two, three triples a night. He simply cannot connect consistently enough for it. I don't care that he was two for four last night at the three. If he isn't good at three-point shooting to begin with, why the hell is he one to take a three-pointer down the stretch of crunch time? Anybody else, please. But I don't want R.J. Barrett taking that three. He's not a three-point shooter. He never will be. He'll, he'll sit around 30 to 35% year to year. Tops. And you can see, he hesitated a bit himself. He didn't want to take that shot. If you go if you go back and watch, there was a little bit of a hesitation. He hesitated. He didn't want to take it. You could see him stutter. Because even he knew that probably wasn't the best shot to take. But he takes it, and he misses. And I'm tired of seeing these these guys miss, too. Like, I'm tired of not having a team who can shoot. The Knicks were a disgraceful 6-for-30 last night from distance. That is 20%. 20%. This isn't the Pistons, folks. This is a real NBA team you're playing. So 20% on 30 attempts is not going to cut it. That's That's a sin. Many guys just not contributing from three. Randall was a lazy one for eight. You know better, dude. Or really, he doesn't. I mean, enough with the bullshit heat checking. He was heat checking out the gate because he dropped 36 against the JV Pistons. Brunson was 0 for 4 from three. He looked really bad last night. Wasn't even attacking the paint. Uh, Maybe it was the injury, but quickly was 0 for 5. The dude has no clue whatsoever 
what consistency is. Um, George Hill, Holiday, Carter all shut him down, and he continued to launch threes and, and refused to find open lanes for that floater. Uh, I, I get it, you know the Bucks have length, and you know, he had some decent looks, but you got to find consistency somehow. You're in year three now, and you still haven't shot forty percent from the field. And then Grimes was one for four. Now, I like the way Grimes has played. I think he's looked good, um, healthy. He's got that bounce to him again. He's defending in the point of attack. Holiday is no easy assignment, and he was making him work last night, Grimes. He, you know, he, he continues to do a nice job getting over screens. Rebounding last night, he was flashing his point guard. He's been flashing his point guard skills since he came back into the starting lineup. Um, you know, making a lot of passes last night that led to some fouls. Setting screens offensively, moving off the ball on offense. He's finishing at the rim very efficiently. Time and time again. But dude, dude, at some point, my guy, you are going to need to find your three-point stroke. You are the lone knockdown shooter on this entire roster. The Knicks are relying on you to be their only consistent three-point weapon. Fournier's dead. He's gone. You, we can't continue to rely on Obi freaking Toppin to be our three-point gunner. No disrespect to Obi, but Obi's a 6'8", 6'9", slasher. So between those four guys right there, Randall, Brunson, Quickly, Grimes last night, that they, they combined to shoot 10 fucking percent from three. 10 on the year, the Knicks are dead last in three-point percentage. That's not a shocker. So combine that 20% last night with the 65% at the free-throw line last night, and that's a whole lot of points being left off the board in a game where you only mustered up 103 points, which in this era, anything under 110 isn't that great now. So, Shooting. Shooting. It's 2022. You gotta be able to shoot. They dominated in the paint. And one of the guys who was dominant in the paint, Mitchell Robinson. Bing bang. I loved Mitch's performance last night. You should too. 15 points, 20 rebounds, 11 offensive rebounds, uh, one block, and was the only positive plus minus on the team with a four. First of all, he worked his ass off, man. Just like the Memphis game, he's been working hard lately. Um, and his ability last night to avoid foul trouble all game was the number one reason why the Knicks were in this one. He fouled just twice in 33 minutes. If he had another game last night where he was undisciplined and biting on those fakes and that guy's hips fouling, the Knicks are getting blown out by 30 points. So, he was able to stay in the game and defend Giannis late, which I thought he did very well on him. Um, but yeah, the Knicks, because of Mitch last night, were a force in the paint all night long. He was a big reason why they won the glass 55-52. They scored more in the paint 64-56. They scored off second chance opportunities more 28-20. to Whenever this guy left the floor, it was so evident the difference in the defense. 
The Bucks just went on a rampage in the paint. Literally, late first quarter, Mitch checks out, Hartenstein checks in, and boom. You're seeing offensive rebounds by Connington and Portis. Uh, you know, guys are getting into the lane and throwing up floaters left and right. Giannis is on the glass. You had you know, six foot, two hundred pound Carter getting rebounds on you offensively. It was you could see it. So he was phenomenal last night. Um, it was it was you know the Knicks pay Mitchell Robinson. They paid him so we could get performances like this. He doesn't have to drop fifteen and twenty all the time obviously but he does need to have these dominant efforts similar to this game more often like we need to see the dominance a little more I love the defense I love the offensive rebounding the athleticism on offense throwing down those lobs are all nice but it shouldn't be rare at this point in his in his career where he's putting up dominant double doubles like we need to see a double double even just 10 and 10 a little more you know Will we? I'm, I'm not so sure. I think this is just who... Like I said, a lot of these guys, I just think they are who they are right now. I think they can get marginally better, but I don't see any big jumps from any of these kids. Um, But Randall does deserve... I'm sorry, uh, Mitch deserves praise last night. Randall, uh, I'm not so sure he deserves that same praise. Uh, 18 points, 8 of 24 shooting, 33%. I didn't love Randall's effort at all. Uh, again, just too much jump shooting last night like what the fuck unnecessary chucking he drops 36 points again on the pistons the garbage pistons and now he thinks he's kd i'm telling you you think i'm hating when i bring up the heat check thing about him not being hot but heat checking all the time the dude does it all the time dude i i hate how i just double duded there but it's just I, I it's the Randall experience. He made some nice passes, but he also had some moments where he was taking too long to make those decisions and make those reads. And then you know, defensively, just barking at his teammates last night, barking at quickly. Meanwhile, quickly's one of their better defenders, and Randall's one of their worst. He's he's abysmal out there dropping off screens constantly blowing his assignments and complaining to officials every single time down. Gotta cut that out. Not closing out. Not making the next rotation over. Not contesting fucking shots. Oh my gosh. How many times last night did I have to watch him with his hands down on the drive? Just be a leader. Just be a fucking leader, please. But yes, that's that's the Julius Randle experience, man. He's the ultimate, the ultimate give and take player. And I, you know, I, I won't even elaborate because we do all the time, right? At some point, though, you got to figure it out because this whole thing with with Randall and RJ, they, they can't coexist. They just don't mesh, and I do not see it improving. This is a nine year veteran here. RJ, again, I just think he's not that good. At some point, the Knicks should probably pick one and roll with them. Um, going down to the three spot, RJ Barrett outside of the uh, final minute had a good game 26 points, three assists, shot eight for 15, eight of nine at the free throw line, getting to the paint, to the line, patient and efficient approach, all that stuff. He was good. 
But unfortunately, when you have a contract, right, and and you're now a man with experience in this league, you don't get treated like a little boy anymore. And RJ, despite having a strong first 47 minutes, could not execute and make the right decisions late. So, unfortunately, his performance was spoiled. Uh, Brunson, 17-5-5 last night. Shot just 8 for 22. Like I said, he tweaked his ankle early. Wasn't really the same after that. Um, Low field goal percentage. Wasn't really getting into the paint like he usually does. Wasn't attacking with that same oomph. uh, Or as often. He did make some nice baskets in the fourth quarter. I mean, after all, the kids scored 11 more points in the fourth last night, and he shot 50% doing so. Um, Which, all the more reason he should have been the one with the ball down the stretch. But, in the end, he did shoot just 36% and missed a big free throw. Um, And then the second bing-bong ball is going out to, obviously, the bench, Obi Toppin. Bing-bong! I honestly didn't think he was that good. But the bench really wasn't productive at all for anybody last night. But Obi did score 7 points in 13 minutes. I mean, you know, not fantastic overall, but he's scoring out there in the little time he's given. Um, but he doesn't get time. It's he and Sims. Both he and Sims. Meanwhile, we've got again Hartenstein out there. Why? Hartenstein wasn't good again last night. Randall was pretty bad last night. But no Sims and 13 measly minutes for Obi Toppin? Why? And when he's on the floor, I'm kind of tired of this whole Novak shtick. You know, I get his shots been falling this year, but we got to utilize utilize him in the offense more. Just coming out of the short roll or get him on the break again. I feel like he's not been out there on the break as much. Um, but like a lot of these guys, when we're in half-court sets, he's just hidden in the corner. But um, it was funny, man. They, they mic'd him up last night on MSG. And almost all of the clips of Obi were of him cheerleading off the bench. <laughs> like, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast and they were comparing him to Theo Pinson. <laughs> because you, know, you have Breen just every time he was mic'd up afterwards, Breen would go, he's such a great teammate. It's like, dude, this, this, is, this is embarrassing. But it's true. The guy's never on the floor, unfortunately. Um I don't know. T- to keep playing Hartenstein is just so curious to me. Like, what is this slow-footed big going to do against a team like the Bucks, who get into the paint and run the break with the best of them? You know, I know Obi's just a role player, but there are moments where he should be playing and he's not. Overall, yes, the Knicks did play good defense last night, but. I just think it wasn't a great look. Um, excuse me, it wasn't a great look for Tibbs because you enter the final seconds. You enter the final thirty seconds of this game, tied, and with two whole timeouts. Thirty seconds later, you end up losing the game by six whole points. That's not a good look. You know, you gotta be able to execute. That isn't a good look. I, I just. I don't know. I don't love a lot of this. You know, is it the front office? Yeah, some of it's the front office, man. A lot of it is. That's the main problem, sure. Clunky roster. You know, a roster full of misfits, it feels like. 
not enough shooters on this roster. Uh, guys aren't playing defense. That's coaching too. It just seems like there's no plan for player development with anybody. Like some of these guys have established roles. Yes, RJ. Some of them don't. I mean, Cam Reddish. The dude has something nice going for him. He's got a rhythm. He's starting every night. He's getting damn near 25 minutes. Now he's shunned right back to the bench, getting 15 minutes, give or take, and he's standing in the corner like a statue when he's out there, like Obi. Um, the best center on your roster this season, at least, does not play much. Yeah, you just... I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's like we're giving you know, the front office is giving Thibodeau all these Thibodeau all these players that he doesn't use or want, and it's like the players shouldn't have to adopt to your system. You should be Im- implementing a system that fits the roster that you're trying to build. You know, we got Mitch out here complaining on social media about the way the Knicks run their offense. But Mitch always does that every year. Um, but, I mean, it's just not a good look. I mean, you had D-Rose out there complaining to the media. I don't know. It doesn't look great. Um, I can I can understand the Tibbs criticism. I can understand the Tibbs apologists. I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I just, I, maybe I'm nitpicking a little here, but some of it's true what I'm saying. I really do believe that some of it's true. Like, like the... It's a little, it's a little bit of everything. I think that's that's probably the best way to put it. But hey, they they fought, they fight them tough. Those Knicks, these tough opponents, and, and we fight them tough. And you got to take positives, right? Moral victories, please. Um, that's it. I'm I'm gonna end it here. Like I said, it's gonna be a short one. So let's get to break. Come back and wrap it up with our trivia. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4, you can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born.
All right. So welcome back to the show. Episode 444 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. Um, yes, our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day for this episode is, after canning six threes on Tuesday, Julius Randle slid into what place for three-pointers made in Knicks history? 20th, 15th, or 10th? All right. After canning six threes on Tuesday, Julius Randle slid into what place for three-pointers made in Knicks history? Is 20th, 15th, or 10th? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next show. If you don't get it correct, but at least attempt to guess the right answer, I will give you, uh, let you know what the answer is privately. Um, so, yeah, one final time. After canning six threes on Tuesday, Julius Randle slid into what place for three-pointers made in Knicks history? 20th, 15th, or 10th? I'm tired. I'm tired of the Knicks. Um, need some good Yankees news. All right, guys, that's it. I'll see you later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.